Welcome to Green and Red, Scrappy Politics for Scrappy People, a regular podcast on radical environmental and anti-capitalist politics, brought to you by Bob Bazanko and Scott Parker. Welcome to the Silky Smooth Sounds of the Green and Red Podcast. I'm your co-host, Scott Parkin, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And as always, I am joined by... Uh, Bob Bazenko. I'm here uh, outside Youngstown, Ohio. And I'm not sure it's going to be Silky Smooth Sounds because we've got three Italians on today. But uh, before we get going, as always, we want to thank you for listening and watching uh, check us out. We're on YouTube. You can subscribe. We're on uh, Apple and Spotify and all those different things. You can obviously subscribe there. Rate and review, share, follow, you know, do all the kinds of things that are necessary so that we become famous. And, uh, you know, we've been telling you that we're in like in the works to try to get a movie version of Green and Red podcast. I'm also thinking maybe we could do it on Broadway, too. You know, kind of do like a, a one man like Springsteen's back on Broadway. So maybe we could do Green and Red podcast on Broadway kind of thing, too. So we got a lot of stuff juggling we got a lot of stuff in the air and uh and if you really like us what can you do scott yeah if you really like us you can become a patron to the green and red podcast go check out patreon.com backslash green red podcast want to do a special shout out to our m19 brigade all the folks who have just recently become patrons we're, we're got a small but rapidly growing group of patreon patrons excuse me and then if you want to just make a one-time donation you can check us out at greenandredpodcast.org and uh, hit that support button. And then today, uh, talking a little bit about the today's show, you know, uh, as our as our fans know, sometimes we we talk about serious things like a new left approach to foreign policy, or we've talked a lot about pipeline fights in northern Minnesota and the Keystone Pipeline. Sometimes we like to talk about pop culture, and so and, you know we have the most fun with the pop culture episodes. And so today we are joined. Uh, by Madison Lynn and John Palmucci uh, from the Fresh Kills podcast, which is a new podcast. Uh, and they are two longtime leftists uh, from New York, New Jersey, who believe they bring a little something different and much needed to the existing discourse. When I was doing a little research on them yesterday, I noted that the, the tagline they use is garbage takes from two garbage guidos. Uh, and so... They hope to remind everyone that the best part of ruthless criticism of all that exists is being ruthless. And then uh, they also uh, work on, uh, this is what Bob and I are, have been most excited about for years uh, with other friends of ours out there in the world, which is Socialist Sopranos memes. And so we'll also be talking about uh, probably the Sopranos quite a bit today. And so uh, I wanna say welcome to Green and Red, Madison and John. Thank you, thank you for having us. Thanks oh, yeah. for having us, yeah. And I want to say, um, John is a New Jersey Italian. I'm a Youngstown Italian. So I think we're going to have to see today who can drop more F-bombs. <laughs> I've listened to you guys and you're the only people I've known who say that word as much. When I moved to Texas, people were kind of shocked because they have this bullshit Southern politeness stuff. And so I told him it was the Yankee alphabet, fucking A, fucking B, fucking C. Fucking <laughs> anyway, so somebody out there wants to keep count. We're going to see if New Jersey or Youngstown, you know, is, 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 is more so. But it's, it's great. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. Can I let, let me start? Um, first, I mean, we have been longtime fans of Social Sopranos memes, but and the podcast just got started fairly recently, right? Fresh Kills, a, a famous dump in New York, which is an <laughs> awesome title. So, how did you kind of decide to to make the? I'm going to ask you later how Sopranos, Social Sopranos got started because I was always kind of mysterious. I thought maybe you were like David Chase, 
doing it like <laughs> undercover or something like that, you know. But uh, how did uh, how did you get going on the podcast? And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So basically, so <laughs> I had this idea to do a podcast with my dad, and my dad um, looks and kind of sounds like Joe Pesci, very New York Italian. Um, okay. We're from Staten Island originally, so I'm. Um, and my dad was a garbage man and he used to work at the Fresh Kills landfill. So when I was thinking of like what, it, what I was talking to my dad about doing it, and then I realized he doesn't know how to use a computer. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let me, uh, let me just put this on the back burner. And I was like thinking of friends I could start it with and, you know, maybe have my dad on once in a while. Cause the other thing too, is me and my dad have like nothing in common. So I don't know if it would just be a good podcast or just me and him arguing and it would like basically be my family trauma in public but I was like okay let me uh, let me think about this so you know what I me and John clicked on a lot of things politically like we we both really like Glenn Greenwald and um some other like um you know people that critique the left and stuff like that and I was like oh John we're both like pretty disillusioned guidos do you want to just yell on a podcast at each other and he was like <laughs> yes and literally like three days later we just started recording <laughs> so that's basically how that happened <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought I was dreaming when uh, when Madison asked me to do a podcast with her because and and like the ensuing days of planning it and all that, it made total sense and like we just clicked on all cylinders and you know like it, we're just having a blast. Like it, sometimes something just makes sense and yeah, I've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time and it was always like, okay, I'm not going to do it alone because that would be fucking stupid. And <laughs> no one would want to fucking listen to an asshole like me. Uh, so to have someone to basically just fall out of the sky and ask me like, you know, incredible. I'm, I'm truly blessed. <laughs> that's that's kind of how we got started. We were talking about it for a long time and we finally decided to, you know, cause uh, not a lot of people want to be around me, which is hard to believe, I know, because you can just tell what a naturally charming and, and humble person I am. But uh, um, now I've listened to like bits and parts. I've listened to like two or three full episodes um, just recently in the last couple of days. And then I've listened to bits and parts. And I mean, you're kind of like you just kind of whatever's going on. I heard you go off the other day about Grimes and Elon <laughs> Musk and Saturday Night Live and. I'm not going to get into it about your opinions of Pete Davidson, who I do not like. And I'm, you know, but we'll, we'll let that go. But um, is like, you just kind of get together and you say, Hey, let's talk about this today. Or is there any overriding ideas you, you know? Uh, yeah. I uh, mean, we just send each other like um, just links over email or text each other. Be like, did you see this fucking stupid thing happen today? Like look at all these idiots on Twitter are upset about this today. And so like, that's kind of how it starts. We always try to talk about, like we try to center it around like leftist, um, kind of stories and ideas or whatever um just to keep like you know that's our mostly our quote-unquote audience through left book and left twitter um but yeah i mean i'm down to talk about anything and usually it turns into some kind of leftist discussion so yeah 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 you know if we spend the week kind of going over things oh this popped up this popped up and then the day of it's like all right what are you gonna do what are we gonna do you know it's <laughs> you know we don't do a ton of show prep but i, I like it that way <laughs> it's really off the cuff it's not a, it's more raw and real and not this uh you know yeah, yeah you would have to do show prep if like you're interviewing someone or something like that we haven't done much of that yet we've had one person on so far who's a friend of mine who wrote a book so uh that was kind of easy but uh but but yeah you know just kind of wing it and and we're both kind of good at that so why mess with it why and i think that's both of our personalities it's like 
is like just, uh, you know, plan ahead, but not really, you know, just have a rough idea and go with it. It works because we already know what we think, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and what, what is, what, how, you know, coming into doing a, a political podcast, having a, a, a political site that's a, a spoof on pop culture, like what sort of like, how, how did you come into politics? What's, what's your, like, what, how would you like say, I mean, sometimes there is no description, but just like kind of give us a, a little bit of a, a taste of like some of your like political views or, or political background or how or any political organizing you may have done. Yeah, um, I actually used to be in the IMT a long time ago, the International Marxist Tendency, which is a Trotskyist organization. Um, I was in, it was, I was like, it was a part of Socialist Appeal, you know, that, that newspaper. And we used to like go out and sell those papers um, and organize some protests. I live in Minneapolis now. I'm actually, I'm originally from Staten Island, but now I live in Minnesota and Minneapolis. And there's a big left. Was this culture. there last week? Yeah, I know. I was, I was interested to ask you about that a little later, but um, yeah. So I was involved on campuses here and like some little bit of organizing. I'm also a restaurant worker. So I've helped like organize restaurant workers, um, you know, for healthcare and like uh, tried to do some union stuff. It's really hard in the restaurant industry, but that's kind of my organizational background. Theoretically, I'm no longer a Trotskyist like, like I used to be. Um, definitely a little bit more uh, disillusions and stuff with a lot of leftism, just, just based on, I was actually just listening to your guys' podcast on uh, the Ben Burgess and uh, just the the beginning part and when he talks about leftism I agree with a lot of his kind of critiques that he had on that um that episode but you know I would say that I'm still like a Marxist um I would say socially and, and culturally I'm I'm not as left-leaning as some of the psychos on Twitter <laughs> or if that's if any of that is truly considered leftism but yeah I would say that's like where I'm at right now it's you know an ever-evolving process for me so we'll see what happens in the future John you're, you're I mean if, if if the social sopranos are any indication you are like an expert in the the sectarianism of the left and the various different like which fascinates me all the time so uh, and I believe I, I read you were uh, you're, you were in the SP or you still are in the SP or? I am the state chair of the Socialist Party of New Jersey, okay. as well as on the National Committee of the Socialist Party USA. Um, I'm shocked I'm still allowed to be a member, uh, <laughs> having done something like seven or eight episodes of our podcast and just going, you know, just like totally saying whatever I want about anything. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, I, I was very into left politics when I was like a teenager, like the whole anarcho-punk kind of thing. Uh, you know, then I go through college and kind of moderate a little bit and all that. Um, and then it was later, it, it was be, it was sort of like, it was actually slightly pre-Bernie Sanders that I uh, started like, like firming myself up back on the left. Uh, you know, I just noticed I was like taking more left-wing positions again and, uh, uh, not that I ever went all the way to the right, I guess I just kind of had a sort of apolitical sort of just like, uh, I'm anti-war and I don't know what else kind of decade maybe. Uh, and then, um, you know, then after, so I was involved with the whole Bernie thing only back in 2016. And once he uh, dropped out and endorsed Hillary, I was like, all right, that's it. This was my one time fucking with the Democrats and this is why I never did. And this is why I never will again. So I was like, I right, let me belong to something, feel like I'm doing something. Uh, the Socialist Party 
was active in New Jersey, more active than the DSA was. And, and I would make an argument that, that they're, they don't have that much more, they've obviously grown in the last few years, but, uh, but they're still not that much bigger or active or any of that stuff. I'm sure. I hope no one from the DSA listens to this because <laughs> they don't like me. Central oh, really? I, I was curious because we, <laughs> Scott and I have been um, like, we're, we're contractually obligated to take a, a, a hit at, at Jacob in every show. We have to say something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, me. you know, I, right. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes they'll publish something awesome. like, yeah. And then it's just like, crap, 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 crap. But, you know, I, no, I, I feel the same way. Like, they're, you know, it's great that this stuff is growing, but like, we have 100,000 members. Like, this is a fucking country of 330 million people, you know? Uh, so I think we, we, we should like, kind of, kind of try to keep things in, in perspective a little right. bit. Yeah, I said that on one of the podcasts. I was like, they have like less than 0.000002%. You know what I mean? It's like, how ineffective are you, you know? Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, I was saying, and, you know, when I I heard, you know, you've kind of taken some digs, it it, like kind of kind of wokeness and cancel culture, which is something we've done as well, which, um, you know, I'm a university professor, which is Jesus fucking Christ. It's like everywhere, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, you have to be careful about everything you say or you're going to offend somebody. And, you know, I used to be, as a, as a long, like, I'll try to be brief. I was department chair, which is a, a whole nother thing, right? It's just, that's, that's scary. It's like junior being in charge of the family, right? <laughs> and I was at a meeting once and like, it was kind of mayhem and I didn't have a gavel or anything. So I just like said, shut up. And some woman in, in the department says, okay, Tony Soprano. I was like, man, if I said something like that, I'd be like hauled before human resources tomorrow. But right. you know, since it's about right. Italians, you know, you can get away with it anyway. So that's a compliment, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, I wasn't really upset about it. I figured, like, I, you know, if they're going to be afraid of me, at least maybe they'll shut the fuck up. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but uh, Scott, I, I know you had something to say, and I keep cutting you off. You're, I'd say, he's in trouble. He's with three Italians, so getting a word in. It's like <laughs> I was yeah, my second wife. Well, both my, my family always said you marry two white girls. My second wife was a Metagon, and the first time she met my family, she was freaked out because we're all like rap talking and grabbing for food and eating and wine and she's just in the corner shivering thinking that like <laughs> you know luca brazzi's gonna come out or something like that so yeah anyway scott i'm sorry we're we're being very italian around you oh it's all good it's all good <laughs> uh you know like the one of the things i've noted from your podcast and then also from some of your memes is that you know you're you're pretty hyper and we've done shows on this as well like there's the canceling comedians while the world burns episode we did with ben we did a, another episode probably back in february ish march when the jimmy Dore medicare thing was going on and so like uh and i'm gonna ask the question and i'm gonna bring the the meme up while you're talking but i also noticed that you're like pretty critical of like these online wars and on youtube and twitter etc and i'm wondering if you could say a little bit more about that and we, in the, we, with our podcast, we come a little bit from like the kind of organize, or at least I come from the organizing space, whether it's labor organized, environmental organizing, et cetera, which is in some way, some of these like online left fights are a little bit foreign to that world. It's actually very surprising how much people who are doing on the ground work are actually out, not clued into what's going on there. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the, I just kind of like roll my eyes at all those like beefs with like Jimmy Dore and and the uh, Young Turks and 
<laughs> I think that's like the latest one. And, and who's the other guy? This secular Roush. guy. It's like and, and my thing with all these people. Yeah, this one. Uh, this is a such a good meme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I reuse that format over and over and over. Um, uh, we actually have another one, uh, right? Where it's the scene when um, Tony, after Tony kills Ralph Cifaretto, uh, and Christopher comes in and he sees him dead on the floor and he's shot. And, and it's it's Ralphie dead on the floor and it says the left. It's Christopher all shot and it says the left. And then it's Tony saying, I found him this way. And it's saying the left. <laughs> so, so it's like, but, but, uh, yeah, it, it, my thing with like these leftist YouTubers and and all that, it's like, what are they, what is their stake? What is their like stake in all this other than it? I don't like to use the word, the word grifter. A lot of these people have been around before even the, uh, if you want to say like left politics took off or at least reentered the conversation or whatever you want to call what's going on now. Um, but like, they, they, none of them. None of them have ever really participated in it or anything. So it's like it's occasionally they'll have like a criticism that like stumbles onto the truth, but rarely it's like anything worthwhile. Now, as opposed to someone like Ben, who you, Ben Burgess, who you had on, that's someone who's been on the left for a long time, you know? Uh, so he's participated in organizations and whatnot. And so his criticisms <laughs> come from like a real experience not just the observable online left uh, universe, if you will. So it's uh, I, it's amazing to me that these people have these careers based on it. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I love that. You you sound like us because I mean we've said that many times. It's uh, you know somebody can Google something for thirty minutes and then all of a sudden is an expert in it and is all over the internet and you know. I know people who've worked on things, you know, their entire careers and nobody knows who the hell they are. You know, I mean, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know whether you're close to him or not, but I refer to the, the vicar of New York, Douglas Cardinal Henwood, who is oh. now uh, an expert in everything. You know, he's a great economist. I really, I really believe I've learned a lot about economics from him. But now, no matter what it is, he's the fucking go-to guy. And it, and it kind of annoys me, to be quite honest, because he says a lot of bullshit. And, like, I know people who really know this stuff and they're nobodies, you know because they don't have this kind of internet presence this media presence oh yeah that you know just gets kind of it's often artificial and it's just kind of created i don't know it's kind of like the uh, uh what was the 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 stock that uh, chrissy and those guys were selling you know uh just made up. yeah yeah just made up yeah it's kind of like that yeah <laughs> yeah i do want to say about the um like the online and the organizing space never really connecting i think like what i noticed in minneapolis is actually there is an overlap and it's super dangerous because like for instance, there was um, this movement during COVID to organize the restaurant workers by um, restaurant work. No, not restaurant workers of America. Um, to, 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 oh, it's like their union number 19 or something like that. But they um, they tried to organize restaurant workers and they had a meeting in a park and a socially distanced, you know, protest and to talk about, um, you know, our conditions as workers during COVID, um, you know, interacting with the public, et cetera, et cetera. And someone had shown up and they had posted a meme that maybe was construed as racist and a bunch of people kicked him out because of a meme that he posted weeks ago. And I have noticed, I mean, Minneapolis is a smaller leftist city and like you get as, as small as something like restaurant workers 
Um, and then some of these things do kind of overlap that I've noticed, like people have lost jobs in the bartending and, and, um, other scenes here, like food scene, bartending, whatever, um, over memes that they've posted or jokes that they've made online. And like, when they try to show up to organize, like, like with other workers and be like, Hey, I want healthcare. They're not allowed. And it's absolutely damaging to the movement as a whole. And like, obviously to restaurant workers ourselves, but like to the political ideology of being like organized one cl class of worker as a whole too. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we talked about with Ben and something I've talked about quite a bit in the past is that, you know, when we kind of get into this like cancel culture, as Ben points out, which is the way I've seen is more aptly put call out culture is that, you know, that also does it as organizers, and as movement builders, our goal should be to, you know, make the we as big as possible. And so, like, in, in, my, in my world, I've been an environmental organizer for 15 years. And, like, you know, I've worked in Appalachia, working in, like, coal communities. And it's, like, really hard. Like, that's, that's it's not, it's not Boulder or Berkeley or, or you know, Brooklyn. Yeah, pr pronouns and, aren't real important to them, are they? Right, yeah. Yeah, and, but, but those are, like, people that we should be organizing. Yeah. And so I, I kind of feel like this sort of leftist culture is highly problematic. And I also I also feel like those working class folks that we're trying to communicate with, it's not necessarily like the white working class everyone talks about. It's multiracial, multi-generational. Right. Yeah. And, and, and like folks in, you know, lots of different communities get really turned off by, you know, some of these like kind of more elite left sort of um, cultural tendencies, I guess you could say. And, yeah, I and mean, if you don't know the I, language, you're not in the club, right? Yeah, I, I do want to say that, that I, I do feel like there's like, you know, we do have a serious racist history of oppression in this country. And so I, I don't necessarily think that we've come to that place just out of the blue or it's some divisive thing, but I feel like it has become that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Racist, have, sexist, what, whatever. <laughs> what kind of... Um uh as as garbage guidos or uh, what kind of uh have you gotten much response yet from either other lefties or uh is like you know it's like melfi's ex-husband coming after you guys for defaming italian americans <laughs> anybody like that giving you a hard time or no not yet yeah. i mean yeah. i i have had leftists come after me for just i don't know bullshit or whatever um but not like about so far we haven't been too racist against our own people but I mean, yeah. anything's in the cards. We can work on that if, if you want. We can we can do that here. Because you know, I guess once it's seen as like, oh, you're getting into podcasting, that it's like, oh, you're, you've given up on the struggle and, <laughs> and you're doing a grift, even though we haven't we we haven't set up our Patreon yet, you know, like we're going to do all that stuff soon, but you know, we want to give the first several to everyone for free and, yeah. and you know, <laughs> and see, you know, and, and figure out what we want to do and, and all that, I, you know, so, so people use the fact that I have a podcast to take a dig at me here or there, but I don't care. Like I, I just get off on that to be honest, yeah. like, like, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, you know, I, if we had one review though that stuck out to me. Someone gave us a five star review on Apple um, Podcasts, and and it said something like like really good podcast, you know, really funny podcast. Occasionally broken up by the alarmingly bad take. Like <laughs> it's like, wait, you like us that much, but you think that uh, like I want to know what's alarmingly bad, but. I, I, I it's guess, probably our stuff on COVID. Yeah, yeah. I guess, okay. like, you know, you you could listen to us and be like, yeah, the 
okay, they're funny. They have personalities. They click. This is a decent podcast. But holy shit, I do not agree with them on this or this or this. You know, like, My- which is, like that's kind of how that's our whole thing. That's that's how why we started this. Like my my mother had a saying, and no one ever knew what it meant, but it's the greatest cut down ever. And she would tell this to my father all the time. She'd say, "Nick, you talk like a man with a paper asshole." <laughs> and I have no idea what it meant, but that's still like a family go to. Like it's you know like when somebody's supposed to, like you talk like a man with a paper asshole. So well, yeah, we get that too. <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Silky Smooth Sounds of the Green and Red Podcast with Bob and Scott. And we want to thank all of you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. As always, we really appreciate all the support. Um, You can uh, subscribe on YouTube or you can listen to us on any of the major podcast platforms and you can subscribe there too. You can rate and review us, which would be really great because those algorithms help us get more listeners. And then you can also follow us uh, on our webpage at greenandredpodcast.org. And then we're on all the social media, Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and everything else. And if you really like us, you can help us by donating and becoming a supporter of the Green and Red Podcast. And so you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash green red podcast, or you can go to our website at greenandredpodcast.org and hit that support button. And every dollar helps. We have a small, uh, slight overhead and so any support helps uh green and red podcast bring you new episodes all the time i want to switch over to social sopranos memes because it's just like so fucking inspired and when i saw it i was just like taken in immediately um how did you think of that and like i mean that's just what a what a brilliant like uh synchronicity of the sopranos and socialist politics, which are two of like the greatest fucking things ever. So how'd you think, how'd you come up with that? That's like, I'd give you a Nobel prize for that, frankly, just that <laughs> it's like a fucking, uh, a great master chef, you know, a fusion of pop culture and politics and one big sorbet or gelato of, of uh, analysis. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty good, wasn't it? Well, uh, <laughs> it, it was a few different things that kind of came together at once for me, right? It was, uh, I was in the middle of a rewatch of The Sopranos. Uh, contrary to and anyone who knows me would tend to believe is I don't actually rewatch The Sopranos that much. I'm like, I'm like, I make sure to watch it once every two years, <laughs> you know, and then the rest is just going off of memory. Um, I'm probably due for a rewatch soon though. Um, but I was in the middle of a rewatch and I, I had dabbled in making memes and I'm seeing all these like political meme pages. And I think to myself, you know, what would be really fucking challenging is, is taking the Sopranos and, and only doing left-wing memes about it. And, you know, I told a couple of friends, you know, like I have this one friend uh, and he's like one of the guys I go to where he'll tell me if an idea is stupid or if it's a great idea and he won't mince words. And I told him, he's like, that's fucking awesome. You have to do it. You have to try it. And, and it took off. It took off. And it was great because it was kind of like, in some ways, it was kind of like my precursor, my, my sort of like outlet um, prior to doing Fresh Kills, uh, as far as like, I didn't want to just, you know, a, a lot of left-wing meme pages are like just pushing the typical left 
wing uh, ideas and all that or whatever. And it's like, yeah, of course, I'm going to do that. But like, I also want to like kind of be satirical of and towards the left, you know, which so that kind of like started me down this path. Like I already had those feelings in, inside of me from participating in the left and and all of that. So so it was, you know, every now every now and then it would be like it would be like a okay, this is just a real political commentary one. Okay, and now this is like like making fun of the sectarian bullshit or making fun of how these people are more or less Democrats and making fun of this. And, you know, it, it's funny. I'll always get comments and it's like, uh, oh, this meme page is secretly reactionary or this meme page, why don't you support the Democrats? Blah, blah. I'm like, I make a bait. I pretty make, I make it fairly obvious. Like I have like relatively orthodox Marxist views about things. So it's like, I don't know what you're getting or what you're projecting onto it. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And I don't know that that's kind of it. It was, it was a silly goof that took off. Some days I'm like, you know, there was a while I was doing one every day or multiple ones every day. Sometimes and I would, and I forced myself to, and now it's just like, yeah, no, you can't think of anything today. That's okay. (laughs) We'll put it in the show notes too, but it's it's Socialist Sopranos memes on Facebook, on Twitter. You're Gabagool Marx, yeah, and you're Gabagool four twenty, I believe. No, uh, I, that's my like my my name my uh, oh. handle, but my actual one is at Dick Expert. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that is a reference to a drill tweet at the from a very okay. long time ago. Drill tweet. Okay, at <laughs> Dick Expert and at Gabagool Marx. I just yeah, Socialist Sopranos memes is too Socialist long for Sopranos. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, you know, there's so many I like, like whenever the ones with Richie April with the coffee pot are always some of my favorites. And of oh, course, yeah. The, the ones where Tony finds out Livia died are timeless because you do so much with those. Like, do you have any like particular a specific meme or a particular image that you like to go back to? That's kind of your favorite that you can just like do so much with there. Uh, the two you named are 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 ones that I like to use. Yes. Uh, there's also one and, and the memes don't get a ton of likes necessarily. Cause I don't think it's a scene that a lot of people remember that like stands out for like the casual fan. But one that I like to use is from when, uh, it, from when, uh, Tony is dreaming and he's, he's like sick and he's dreaming during the whole, when he's realizing pussy's a rat thing. And, um, and he's on he's on the boardwalk at Asbury Park, and he sees the uh, he sees the gas canister right, and then he runs over to it and he pours it on himself and he lights a match. Uh, so I like to do like Tony Soprano is this whatever's in the gas canister is this thing, and then the next uh, panel is him pouring it all over them. So you know it's like I socialists. Uh, Tony Soprano is a socialist, quote unquote, and the the canister is. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Or so that's a good one. Yeah, I I like that one too. There's other ones I haven't, I don't use often that I really love. Like there's one where um, from the Pine Barrens episode where uh, where it's it's the scene where Paulie and Tony are talking on the phone and and Paulie's not totally hearing him and he, 
you know, some, you know, oh, he's an interior decorator. Really, his apartment looked like shit. And I did, <laughs> I did one. It was around the time when Elizabeth Warren accused, said that Bernie Sanders told her uh, a pre, a woman could never be president, right? Uh, uh, when she claimed that, and uh, so I had, uh, I had Tony like actually giving like as Bernie giving like supportive kind of like whatever and and then saying but it will be very difficult you know running against Trump because he's a vile piece of shit and then and then it's Paulie as Elizabeth Warren going going could you believe that he told me a woman could never be president <laughs> and uh that one actually I found out I found out uh sometime later was actually featured on the Michael Brooks show so that meme that was yeah. on Michael Brooks. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'll find the clip <laughs> and I'll show you. Those guys yeah. are big. Those guys are big. Following them on social media, they, they're big. Ben Burgess and the other TMBS guy, TMBS guys are big fans of that of, yeah. of, of socialist supremacy memes. Oh, funny. Yeah. Also, um, the one with Vito saying, "I knew that was going to happen." You, I, I noticed you use that one a lot too. Oh, I knew that yeah. was coming. Anytime yeah. it's something yeah. totally yeah. obvious yeah. that yeah. everyone's freaking out about, yeah. yeah. So it's like there's two levels to, to a lot of these things where it's like, yeah. okay, this is like the response, but this is also me saying, like, like, yeah, this is obvious, guy. Yeah. <laughs> like. You know what's really funny? I actually didn't know that he was the Socialist Sopranos meme dude when I messaged him to ask him to do the podcast. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to like put it on blast to my meme page. And I thought it had like, I don't know, 400 followers or whatever, you know? And then he was like, oh, and the Socialist Sopranos meme guy. I was like, what? That's like 30,000 followers. I was like, hell yeah, I'm the right person. When that came up, I was trying to get a hold of him to ask him on. And I, I seriously, like, I had no idea. I started talking to Scott. I was like, maybe it's David Chase. Maybe it's Imperioli. Maybe it's like one of the writers who's doing it undercover and doesn't want anybody to know. Cause I like, I couldn't find out who it was. So yeah, but maybe I, we should have kept up that little secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like but, Banksy. Uh, you could be the, yeah, the Banksy yeah. of socialist panels means. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Banksy. Uh, one, one question I have kind of talking about the show is that like, you know, David Chase definitely has some like left-leaning politics and has, there's a couple of episodes that are, honestly, I'm going to be honest, Bob and I are pretty big fans of Talking Sopranos with Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharippa. Yeah. And so, and they do a, they do episode breakdowns like every episode. And so there's a couple of them that really jump out. as like really embracing left politics. The, there's one called University, where it's the one where Ralphie, uh, you know, is brutal, brutally kills the, the dancer who he's in a relationship with. And then the other is the Christopher Columbus episode and i'm just wondering if you what your thoughts on on that particular is it, it seems like soprano the sopranos itself has also sort of played this role of having a critique of capitalism and and, and colonialism to be honest so well, yeah and I, I, I that's what i love about the the christopher columbus episode especially because that routinely like gets listed as one of the worst episodes you know, or I think Vox did a piece on it a few years ago, said there's only one Italian, one um, Sopranos, uh, Bad Sopranos episode ever. And it was about Christopher Columbus. And I, and I remember seeing that like, no, that episode was fucking great because it's all about how how like Italians are like crazy about this shit. And why? Like, like the, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey. Like, I know all about like like the Christopher Columbus shit. And, and it's because that's what, that's what like we have to cling on to. And, and it's just like totally nuts. And I thought it was like a brilliant critique of like, of like the Italian 
American identity in in a single. I mean, the whole show is right, you know, and and of course, more so just about the American identity in general. But, you know, um, but I, I thought that was a brilliant episode. And I think Michael Imperioli actually wrote that. He one. did. He did. I, I, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, we did a show last fall on Columbus Day. And we actually opened with the, that scene when they're sitting outside. And it's also cool. My family's from Sicily. So you have Furio saying, you know, fuck, uh, fuck Columbus, fuck, fuck the, you know, fuck the North, right. because that's an element of, of being Italian that I think most people aren't aware of. So I thought it was brilliant as well. And actually, like, uh, like five, six years ago, I wrote a book. It's kind of a textbook, but it's a U.S. history. And actually, one of the final sections in the whole book is titled Simpsons, Sopranos, Draper and White, Antiheroes and American Decline During Late Stage Capitalism. Mm-hmm. I have a big section in there on the Sopranos. And, um, you know, I point out you have things like, you know, so much of it is like the, the when uh, the dean at Columbia shakes down, um, you know, Carmella for 50,000, which is the, what Tony does, right, all the time. Yeah. Or, um, you know, when Cusimano, he, Tony wants to get to the country club, he wants to be accepted. And Cusimano says, oh, we can't do that. But one of my favorite scenes in, in any film um, ever, any movie ever, uh, is when Tony's talking to Melfi. And I, I actually want to want to say it here to get it right. He says, excuse me. I know you, you know where I'm going with this one. Excuse me. Let me tell you something. When America opened up the floodgates and let us all, all us Italians, what do you think they were doing it for? Because they were trying to save us from poverty. No, they did it because they needed us. They needed us to build their cities and dig their subways and make them richer. The Carnegie's and the Rockefeller's, they needed worker bees. And there we were. But some of us didn't want to be to swarm around their hive and lose who we were. We wanted to stay Italian and preserve the things that meant something to us, honor and family and loyalty. And some of us wanted a piece of the action. Now, we weren't educated like the Americans, but we had the balls to take what we wanted. And those other folks, those other, the, the J.P. Morgans, they were crooks and killers too, but that was the American way, right? The American way. And that blew me away the first time I heard it. When I give lectures, I talk about it. That is like a succinct statement on what immigrants and labor meant to the United States. And I, you know, like, I think it's relevant today with, you know, build that wall and all this bullshit. I, I live in Ohio, which is 99% white. And I have people blaming, my neighbors are blaming Mexicans for the problems in, in, you know, Trumbull County, you know, you know, so, but that struck me like, you know, I don't know who wrote that episode, but it was just fucking brilliant, you know, and it just struck me like, this is a critique of capitalism and it's, it's a good one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's a big, uh, big part of the show. So, and, and I don't even think I was like, thinking about that at the time when I started making uh, left-wing memes using the show as like a template for it. And, and it just dawned me over time, like, especially as I, you know, got more self-educated myself. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, like you know, how many times I've watched The Sopranos and seen that exact scene you're referencing and it just flew over my head. And then, you know, becoming a Marxist and hearing it and being like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah, to me, I use it like also like Ned Beatty's scene from Network. You know, you have metal with the primal. And then I'll like say I'll show this. I've done that before back to back, which I think are just like really nice fucking bookends to describe. Like this is the system we have. And they're so casual about it, you know, and they know what they're doing. And it's just, you know, to me, it's 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 really good stuff. Um, Anyway, I've been I've monopolized Scott. I'm sorry. I keep uh, talking. So. Scott is actually way, he's the expert. He's the go-to guy. I don't, you've seen what, how many times have you watched Sopranos? Eight, 10, like when more? I've done it like through. four, I think. Yeah, 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 all the way through. Like I've done it like four, I think. And he's, he's the go. Whenever I have a question, I call him because, you know, it's quicker than Google. 
I can't keep up. I've only, I've seen it through twice, but it's been yeah. so long. Last time was God, probably six years ago. So I'm yeah. like, I mean, I remember the Pines Baron episode. That's the best. Yeah. That's the funniest, <laughs> the best thing ever. Also, we had a pandemic where like, you know, I was traveling less and I also needed like escape from the million Zoom calls I had to be on. And so I, I think I watched the last two or three seasons at the beginning of the pandemic. And then also getting into the podcast, talking in Sopranos with Imperioli and Sharipa was also like a pretty good escape too. And it, it's, you know, Rolling Stone actually ranks it as the, the best television show of all time when they did a top hundred TV shows of all time a couple of years, a few years ago. And it, it really is, it really sort of like shifted the, it was a watershed moment in television, which I, I find is really interesting. And and I feel like there's been a lot of shows that have basically like they followed through that. They broke the dam and then all these other like known shows, which I also feel like have leftist critiques, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, you know, shows like that. The Wire. The Wire. Yeah, The Wire. Mm-hmm. Um, and all, all four of those were ranked in the top five of the all time greatest television yeah. shows. Yeah, for sure. And, and the yeah, fact that yeah. you you take that and also put this other spin on it, which I think is I I. I I think what you do is brilliant and I love the sort of like inside leftist spin you put on it, but sometimes it's more overt than that. Like the, the one you did after Cory Booker dropped out of the 2020 presidential primary. And it's like, you know, um, uh, Phil Leotardo up in his, up in his room going, go back to New Jersey, asshole, you know, yeah. whatever. That was like, brilliant. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the Phil is a house meme. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> and, and 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 it's what Phil actually yelled at Tony in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. They didn't yeah. have they take any liberties or anything. Bob Bob literally like shares a, one of your memes with me like every other day. Yeah. <laughs> we have a we have a third friend who who also yeah Clayton and then Derek too. Cla- Derek yeah. DeProuder and Clayton. Yeah, yeah, shout yeah, out. Yeah. They love you guys too. Yeah, they're also um, big I, fans of the. This is a question I ask all Sopranos fans. It's and and I I don't know. Yeah, I mean I I know Scott and I have talked about it. Okay, who's the biggest psycho on the Sopranos? And you know, my my like you can pick somebody else, but my four would be Richie, Ralph, Phil, and Pauly. Like who's the who's the most fucking psychotic guy in the of the of them? And you can pick somebody else. I I agree with you. I think Sill's pretty nutty. Yeah. I mean, after, you know, when he killed Adriana, that was like so heartbreaking for me because I love Syl. He's like yeah. my favorite character. I love his hair. I love <laughs> the way he stands and his face that he makes, just everything. Like, it's just, it reminds me of every, all my uncles, you know what I mean? Like, I just gravitated <laughs> towards him. And then when he killed Adriana, I was like, oh, that's fucking psycho because he knew her since she was like a kid, yeah, you know? It's funny because people said maybe he didn't kill her. And he's like, what do you think I was doing? Killing squirrels? Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah. My, my pick, I think, after much thought, I go back and forth. I think right now I'd be Ralphie. I think he was the biggest fucking psycho. Oh, yeah. He Ralph was a fucking, for yeah. sure. But I, like Scott, John, do you have a, a, a opinion on this? Oh. Crucial question. I mean, psycho. Yeah. If you're talking psychopath, because obviously like the, the biggest, like the one where like the bare mental issues like permeated throughout the show and trickled down and affected a lot of people was actually Livia, but she wasn't a psychopath. She was borderline personality. Uh, um, It's a toss up for me, probably between Ralphie and, Richie, who's yeah. I kind of feel like Ralphie is just like, oh well, we killed off Richie, but we want another character like that. So yeah. let's bring this other guy who's what there will also be conflict with. I I, I it, it's gotta be it's gotta be Ralphie, right? It, it, it really has to be. When you take everything into consideration, like everything about him, you know, the 
the murders he does, the, the fact that he like just nonchalantly encourages his his girlfriend's kid to like do this and that and that gets him killed and all that and 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 everything he does is with no remorse. I mean he kills it oh well depending who you ask, he either does or doesn't kill the horse. Uh you know, um yeah, yeah it's got it's gotta be Ralphie, I think. You know, Scott, all his proclivities and, and all that, you know, he hooks up with Janice, like <laughs> he goes from Rosalie April to Janice. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> Scott, which, which, which? I, I mean, I also, I would make an argument for Polly. Like the, the scene where he kills his mother's friend when he's broken into <laughs> her house, like that kind of, the, the way he's standing there with his like kind of smiley face and the haunting, it's like, hey, you know, it's 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 quite haunting. And the, the one I'll give Paulie is when uh, him and Christopher, where is it? When they're in Atlantic City, yeah, yeah, and and Christopher didn't tip him the waiter enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Throw yeah. Over and, the guy, <laughs> and the guy, the guy is on the ground after having a brick hit him in the head, like twitching, and Paulie goes. Don't these assholes have medication they're supposed to take? Like, <laughs> like, like he just randomly went into an epi- epileptic seizure or something, and not just had his head uh, head caved in. So yeah, yeah, there's a bit of that, uh, Paulie too. I gotta say, like the last time I watched it was maybe the fourth time. Um, Paulie really stood out. Like I didn't realize how fucked up he was. Like I kept watching it, you know, because like Richie and Ralph are easy. They're just scary as as shit. But and also when when um. When they kill Big Pussy and Polly steals his his jewelry, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I know we're getting close to the end. I I don't know if Scott has anything. I want to ask you what you think of the many before we leave many Saints of Newark. I want to bring that up, but I don't know if Scott has anything. I got a wrap up question, but you should go yeah. with that one first. Well, I, I know the trailer came out, and I know we've all been looking forward to this. It's what like the fifth or sixth new uh, opening date, which is now what September or October of this year, allegedly. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I think, you know, obviously everybody's noticed Gandolfini's son. Um, I forget, what is, what is his name, Michael? Or Yeah. Like, looks, you know, remarkably like his dad. And um, although I'm not, I mean, is he really, is the, is the movie actually about him? Or I thought it was about uh, Chris, Chrissy's dad, right? Dickie Maltasanti or, but I mean, the, 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 the trailer is obviously very haunting and, and very familiar. I just wondered if, what you thought of it or you know it has very like dark night coloring like christopher nolan vibes to me you know that green wash which jersey does kind of look like that um but you know i i'm really excited for it personally i mean i like a good i said on the pot our last pod on fresh kills i, I love a good villain origin story i'm i'm ready for an italian joker i mean it's 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 our time <laughs> um but you know i um, it looks really good, but yeah, I think, you know, it's about Dickie Moltisanti and Tony Sprout and how Dickie was a terrible influence on him, right? Like, it's a, it's a dual kind of origin story in that way, I think. I don't know. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think, uh, if I had to guess, it's probably uh, more, you know, it's probably like a primary, secondary pro- protagonist, uh, if you will, I guess, uh, kind of thing where, uh, where Dickie is sort of the main character but you got tony there and it's the sopranos and how are you going to cut the trailer for that movie is it's that the trailer is going to have to heavily feature tony because that's what's going to get people to movie theaters or to subscribe to hbo max 
in order to watch it. It's not going to be this guy that that they would have to recall being referenced in a few episodes. It, no, it, it, it's Tony. So you're going to put the guy that looks like Tony that is playing Tony. You're going to put him up front and center. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't. I people are already going crazy with their fan theories. And one thing I actually hate, even though I, I. You know, I love The Sopranos and I love prestige television and all that. Uh, I hate all the fan theories and how people uh, just run off and think it's like this puzzle box they have to unlock, like it's like it's uh, Hellraiser or something. Or like, Lost. Yeah. I showed Lost. Yeah. Well, 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 Lost is kind of why everyone does that, and now people are like rewatching The Sopranos or getting into it for the first time with those Lost uh, kind of sensibilities and to me that takes a lot out of it like when there's genuinely a mystery then there'll genuinely be a mystery uh, david chase didn't do much of that the sopranos was like mostly like an episodic tv show there'd be like some overarching things of course but it wasn't like this is this season's arc and this is you know yeah they kind of i'm well because they were they weren't like really like the first to do it but in some ways they were so it's like yeah okay season two i guess it did have a big bad right richie april but uh uh i don't know it's just enjoy it you know and now everyone's saying um oh carmella looks uh, the person playing livia looks just like carmella first of all i don't really see it other than okay they're two Italian women playing Italian women of roughly the same age in New Jersey, like, you know, and and they're saying, well, he was attracted to Carmela because it reminds him of his mother and all that. And to me, it's like, no, 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 no. He, he was attracted to Carmela because she wasn't like his mother and he cheats on Carmela because she isn't like his mother. And all the women he cheats with have have uh, are reminiscent of his mother in various ways. So I st- I'm, I'm starting to see stuff like that. It's just like I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I I could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> my my final question. Well, I'm going to ask you to share with us all your info where we can find out about Fresh Kills, etc. But then you know, what is the Fresh Kills slash Socialist Sopranos meme? take on the last episode of when what happened after it goes black i want to hear madison say it first yeah yeah you know i i I mean kind of what john just said i'm very like i take it as face value i want to believe that everything goes great but you know i don't know i just i prefer it so like I'm actually notorious for never really finishing a book or finishing a video game because I don't like to know the ending. I like the story to continue in my mind. And I kind of just like it for what it was. Um, I don't really like to speculate too much. I think it was like it was presented to us like that. And and it's why it didn't come to a conclusion like Breaking Bad, you know, didn't have this like amazing like the, um, you know, climax of like, okay, now he's dead and this is everything. And I kind of like that. I like the story to keep going in my mind. So I kind of just take it the way it is. I feel like if David Chase wanted us to see Tony Soprano get his brains blown out, he would have shown us that. Um, I, you know, uh, it's not that he couldn't decide. It's that ultimately he thought it was irrelevant. 
and and maybe that isn't even what he was trying to say was that he he either lives or he dies i mean that's just something we've all projected onto it ultimately it's just like okay we know a lot of shit's coming down on him he basically has has no crew left right like all the top guys have been whacked silvio's in a coma and he's he's got an indictment coming down and and it really doesn't fucking matter. Like that to me, that's why he goes to black because he's going to deny you that ultimate closure because that doesn't matter. What does, what does Tony, first of all, if Tony just lives that there's no way to tell that, you know, and if Tony dies, what does that bring to, what does that add to it? So if I feel like if he wanted Tony to die, then he would have killed him on screen. And that would have been that. You know, and so it's I kind of default to say, well, yeah, Tony lives because that is like the heterodox view. Most people seem to think he dies. Um, But yeah, so I'll say he lives by virtue of the fact that we don't see him die. So and I don't think that's the point of that final scene. I agree. I mean, I think the show ended. I mean, Imperioli has said when you finish a book, you just close the book. It's over. You know, you read the last page. it's, It's done. Yeah. And he compared that to the ending. I, he and Shirepa both, I think, have said that's it's, it's you know nothing happened, you know. But yeah, some of the stuff was crazy, you know, like the members only guys. Like don't he kill that guy when he when he tried to you know jack the car? So you know, like all these people were just with these insane you know theories that you know just were ridiculous. But yeah, I think the show just ended. Yep. But yeah, yeah. I agree. It's just ended, like the story's you know, over. The yeah, the story's yeah. over. Close the book. You know, whack the show. However you want to refer to it, but you know. Right. <laughs> um, Man, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to, I didn't even bring up, but we, we will have to talk again sometime. I want to, I, we could have a whole show on Little Carmine, who I always found fascinating. <laughs> oh, he's and I did not know this until I, I heard him interviewed. Um, Chase based that character on George W. Bush. <laughs> you know, we're on the precipice of a stagmire and all that kind of shit. But it was That's specifically, so yeah, well, Ray Abruzzo was interviewed. So anyway, but um, thank you so much. And tell us about uh, how, to, how to listen and, and uh, view and all that kind of stuff, uh, what you're doing. Yeah, so we're on Spotify. Just look up Fresh Kills. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts. And I think, John, you just put us on Google Podcasts and Stitcher, correct? Yeah. Okay, and then we um, we also have our, like, website. It's Libsyn, which is, so you can go to um, freshkillspod.libsyn, and that's called L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And so that's our RSS feed if you ever want to access us. We're also on Twitter at Fresh Kills Pod, everything else at Fresh Kills Pod, Facebook, et cetera. Find us all on those things. Um, and yeah, we also have an email if you want to email us and annoy us, freshkillspod at gmail.com. So. And at Gobble Marks and at Dick Expert. Right? <laughs> yes. Okay. And we have a YouTube that I have to put more videos on. Uh, okay. I've yeah, been slacking in that department. <laughs> Yeah, we both went. He, John just had a baby. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. I forgot. I, I was going to congratulate you. I hope, I hope it was a masculine child. So. <laughs> yeah, it John was. just had a baby. I, 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 I work in the restaurant industry, which is crazy. So we are, our schedules are all over the place. We try to keep, keep up with content, but we'll be having more soon once the baby grows the fuck up already. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, folks, you've been listening to John and Madison with the Fresh Kills podcast and uh, the Socialist Sopranos memes. We've been talking about socialism and we've been talking about organizing and we've been talking about the socialist Sopranos and the Sopranos. Uh, you can check out the green and red podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have our YouTube page. We'll be posting this video. 
and you can check us out on all of your audio podcast listening platforms. Uh, and if you want to become a patron, go to check us out at patreon.com backslash green red podcast, or if you want to make a one-time donation, go to greenredpodcast.org and hit that support button. It's been great talking today. It's been, it's always fun. The pop culture politics episodes are always the most fun in my opinion. Uh, and so everybody stay safe out there and we'll talk to you again soon.